This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Crown Resorts has been in the news of late after an inquiry launched by New South Wales's gaming regulator found it unfit to operate their newly built casino in Sydney, that due to allegations of money laundering. In this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we take a look at the company's history, their major owner, James Packer, and what they've actually been accused of. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Crown Resorts Clare is Australia's largest casino operator. Some squizzers might have dined at its restaurants, stayed in the hotels, put a few bucks over the tables at its Melbourne and Perth establishments. It's a publicly listed company on the Australian Stock Exchange. And there's one name that's strongly associated with the company, and that's Packer. It's a well-known name, and until recent years, the family was strongly associated with Australia's media sector. Kerry Packer was a dominant figure on Australia's business landscape. He controlled big slabs of Australia's most successful magazines, as well as commercial TV network Nine. His son James took the reins of the company in 1998 and started making investments in the casino and gaming sector. Kerry Packer died in 2005 after a string of health issues and with traditional media revenues in decline, James made some big changes to the Packer family business. Kerry was a a high rolling gambler, Claire, and there were some pretty epic stories about his love of casinos and winning and losing millions of dollars at a time. So it was a change, but it wasn't a huge surprise when his son, James, doubled down on gaming. At that time, the Packer family company, which was called Publishing and Broadcasting Limited, or PBL, it had holdings in both media and gaming. What James Packer did in the mid-2000s was to separate those assets and Crown was listed on the stock exchange with Packer retaining a large shareholding. As for the media business, including TV broadcaster Nine, it was sold by Packer in 2009 for $7.5 billion. Crown was publicly listed in 2007 and at launch, Crown had casinos in Melbourne and Perth and a 41.4% stake in Melco Casinos in Macau. That's a name to remember for later in this shortcut. Crown also had big stakes in casinos in the UK, the US and Canada and there was this dream of building a casino in Sydney. Kerry Packer had missed out on a bid in 1994 to build a casino in his home city of Sydney. So at Barangaroo, James Packer hoped to succeed where his father had failed. And he talked quite emotionally about fulfilling his father's vision of a Packer-owned or at least part-owned casino in the Harbour City. We'll get into that Barangaroo development a bit later, $2.2 billion worth of it. But looking across Crown's assets, some have been more successful than others. Crown lost hundreds of millions of dollars on a Las Vegas venture that was abandoned. A proposed casino in Sri Lanka's capital of Colombo was also shut down after the election of a new government. Crown ran into some legal troubles in 2017 when its online betting platform EasyBet was fined for advertising that offered inducements for New South Wales residents to gamble. So those aren't the only times Crown's been in trouble with the law. Let's look at some of the others now. 
In mid-2019, a joint investigation by The Age, The Sydney Morning Herald and 60 Minutes aired allegations that money was being laundered through Crown's casinos in Melbourne and Perth by some of Asia's most powerful organised crime syndicates or triads, including a notorious group, Claire, called The Company. Yeah, that report alleged that Crown had gotten into business with junket operators who were backed by these mobs as part of its program to attract high rollers from China to its venues. High rollers, of course, are big spending gamblers who are carefully looked after by the casino operators during their stay. So the claim that Crown effectively paid members of these syndicates to help it generate millions of dollars in revenue and in turn the mobs used Crown's linked bank accounts and high roller rooms to launder its funds. We'll talk about junket operators a little bit. They're basically like a a VIP travel agency, hospitality service, Mm. semi-banking arrangement that is used by high-rolling gamblers. All of this is like the plot of a movie, really, Claire. These mobs took the cash they got from selling drugs and other crimes and put it in Crown's bank accounts. Yeah, and with that money, they gambled at Crown's casinos in Melbourne and Perth, had a nice time at the resorts, and the claim goes that they then took the balance out. And that's money laundering because the dirty cash was washed through Crown's bank accounts, and then they get clean money when they take it out. That makes sense. And as I understand it, this wasn't necessarily new news in in 2019. In 2013, the Federal Police arrested licensed Crown Junket operator Roy Moo for drug money laundering and he was jailed. And in 2014, similar money laundering allegations were raised by ABC TV's Four Corners program. And there were other run-ins with the law when Crown's set up to attract Chinese high rollers broke China's anti-gambling laws. Crown employees based in China became the target of Beijing's anti-corruption crackdown in 2000. 2016 and 19 current and former Crown employees at that time were detained. And Claire, those allegations aired by Nine's publications and TV in 2019, which is a little ironic given the Packer connection, were fiercely denied by Crown. In fact, they even ran a series of ads in Australian newspapers in which they outlined how adamant they were that the accusations were wrong. Regardless of their denials, it raised the interests of New South Wales regulators. Which was all very awkward considering Crown's Barangaroo development was well and truly under development at that time. And then in mid-2019, Hong Kong's gambling giant Melco Resorts agreed to pay James Packer $1.76 billion for a 19.9% stake in Crown. That really kicked the New South Wales regulator into gear. The New South Wales Gambling Regulator is the Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority. It launched an unprecedented public inquiry on the 14th of August 2019 to look into all of this. Let's get into what they found now. Regulators of casino operators obviously take a keen interest in who owns and runs them. They have to be considered suitable to hold a licence because of concerns about what can happen in the dark corners of gambling, which is why the government doesn't hesitate to take licences off operators who don't meet their standards. With regards to Crown, it was concerns about Melco that seemed to break the New South Wales government's back. 
So Melco is owned by a very prominent family from Hong Kong, the Hoes. Now, Packer has a long history with Lawrence Ho. He's a 45-year-old who's described as being like a brother to James, and the pair have a long history together, having operated a casino joint venture in Macau for 12 years. So when James Packer said he wanted to sell down his 37% share in Crown to free him up to deal with other aspects of his life, like his mental health, it wasn't surprising to many that it was Melko who he would sell more than half of his stake to. No, but the New South Wales regulator was concerned by the potential change of ownership of Crown because Lawrence's father, Stanley Ho, and a number of associated individuals and companies connected to Melco were banned from holding a licence in New South Wales for a casino because of long-standing allegations of links to organised crime in Hong Kong. The issue for Packer was that he'd told the regulator that Melco would have no involvement in the Barangaroo Casino and there was a breach of trust there. These guys and their fathers, hey? (laughs) The attention and objections saw Melco bow out of the deal with Packer early last year. So James Packer does still own that 37% stake. But that didn't put an end to the inquiry because the money laundering allegations needed to be probed. And that happened over the course of last year. Yeah, between January and December 2020, Crown's directors were brought before Commissioner Patricia Bergen to testify to the inner workings of Crown and its processes to comply with the law. Probably the most high-profile witness was James Packer himself. Mm. He video-conferenced in from his yacht, was parked off the Caribbean coast somewhere, (laughs) and he talked very candidly about his conduct as the company's biggest shareholder. Most concerning was Packer's admission that he unduly influenced the executive ranks to behave in ways that led to a toxic culture and contrary to the law. And that's led Commissioner Bergen to recommend he sell a lot of his shareholding, this time to someone suitable. She also identified a lot of other issues with the way that Crown was being run. Yeah, her report found that there were core problems with Crown's corporate governance and risk management structures. But the biggest issue is what Bergen said was Crown's culture of corporate arrogance. Mm. The report says, and this is a quote, that one of the difficulties for Crown was its unjustified belief in itself and its unwillingness to entertain the prospect that there was any force in any of the media allegations. That report was released on the 9th of February and across 800 pages it made recommendations to the New South Wales Independent Liquor and Gaming Authority including that it was not fit to open the Sydney Casino while it was run by the same people with the same processes. And again, totes orcs, given (laughs) the investment that's gone into that new development, plus a lot of shareholders' money, $2.2 billion of it, as we've mentioned. And while Crown promotes its dining and hotel operations, it's really the casino that makes them the sort of financial returns that they want to see. But it's not all over yet. There's still a chance the casino will be able to open. Yeah, so that report that Bergen has done has been given to the regulator. It's now picked it up and already said that if there are significant changes to the way Crown's run, including the resignations of CEO Ken Barton and some board directors and also improvements to its processes, then there's a chance that it will get a casino licence. Barton has left, as have the board members that the report said weren't up to the job, but Crown had hoped to open the casino in the coming weeks and that now extremely unlikely with Mm. more information about how they'll ensure that they're compliant with money laundering laws required. 
Adding to all the drama, of course, Claire, is that it's quite an imposing building mm-hmm. right in the middle of Sydney Harbour. You can see it from basically everywhere in the city. Those recommendations also include an audit of its operations by authorities, and that's not where it ends for Crown. There's, of course, pressure on Victorian and Western Australian regulators to look at Crown's casino licences there as well. Yeah, and Western Australia's gaming regulator has this week recommended that the McGowan government in Western Australia establish an independent inquiry into Crown suitability to hold the state's only casino licence. Also, Austrac, which is the money laundering regulator, is investigating the company's transactions over those claims that those crime syndicates did launder money through the Perth and the Melbourne casinos. So there could be sanctions there too. I feel a movie, a Hollywood blockbuster coming about this sometime in 10, 20 years, sometime. It's, it's got to be there. There's definitely more to come on this one. And that's your shortcut to the woes of Crown Casino. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Mine's a watching one this week. It's a link to an interview James Packer did with Mike Willisey back Mm. in 2013. Mike Willisey, of course, a a legend, Aussie journo. He died a couple of years ago. But James Packer talks to him about growing up rich, his friendship with Tom Cruise. He talks about his father. It's a bit of an insight into him. I remember that one. That's a good Mm. one. It was a big deal at the time. I've got an article from The Age from about a year ago now when these troubles first started to brew in the latest round of accusations about money laundering and it goes back to the birth of Crown Casino in Melbourne and it really points to the complicated web between these big business names and the government and casino operations. It's an interesting read. Yeah, web is a good way to describe it. (laughs) That's all from us. Thank you as always uh, for tuning in to our Squeeze Shortcuts. If you'd like to leave us a review on your podcast app if you like what you've heard, that'd be fantastic. It's a great way to help us grow our podcast and find new people until next week.